everyone and welcome to this podcast where we're exploring Christian creativity. Um, Since I was little, I was encouraged to be creative and my main creative outlet has always been music and over the years I've played in bands, writing and performing original music and lyrics. But I found it difficult to connect my creativity with my Christianity at times. Yes, I write reflections and sermons and prayers for worship and for devotions, but but I would really now like to bring my Christianity into my music, to write songs that glorify God, using the gifts that he's given me for the benefit of his kingdom. But I found myself really quite reticent and nervous to do this. And I think it's because You know, we've all heard it. We've all heard people saying, oh, I don't like that song. I don't like the theology in it. Mm, That's not right. So you feel as a Christian that whatever you're producing, it has to be absolutely perfect. Or otherwise, you're going to have like the judgment (laughs) coming down upon you. But I was thinking, I thought, if I feel like that, somebody who's been creative all my life, I'm thinking that there must be other people out there who are also nervous and reticent about using their gifts for God. And so in this podcast, over the next coming weeks, I'm going to interview creatives from different, all different spheres. So we'll have, we'll have a poet, we'll have an artist, we'll have a musician, all different people from all over the place. Um, to talk about how they are able to to marry their their creativity and their Christianity together. And hopefully that will inspire you all to to do the same. Um, So this week for our our first podcast, we have James Cathcart with us. James, who you'll know as being the editor of Sanctuary First, But James is also a freelance writer and a poet. So hello, James. Hello, Laura. It's a pleasure to be with you um, uh, on this podcast. And I think it's such a fantastic idea what you're exploring and digging into creativity. And I think it's often um, in the overlaps between disciplines that interesting things happen. So it's going to be fantastic to hear uh, the other conversations that you're having. Um, I really look forward to hearing the journey that you go on uh, as our presenter over these weeks, it'll be really good. So, great idea. Because uh, uh, I just think people, um, I think people are really they're, they're, they're seeking outlets, but they're, they're a wee bit. Um, I think people need confidence to be able to just kind of go for it. Um, so I'm hoping that this week that you'll be able to kind of spark something um, and and people out there. So you are a writer, and have you? always been writing ever since you were were young is that something that's been encouraged in you yeah absolutely so um, my uh, mum was an actress um, and my father uh, also worked in theatre and spoken word and that kind of thing that's how they met Um, so I did grow up with a a family that very much encouraged that sort of thing Um, and they weren't necessarily like pushing me um, to to go that way necessarily professionally but there was a sense that um, the written word and art and communication is very much a, a positive thing and encouraged and we were encouraged to experiment and try things. Um, I'm a younger brother of an older sister 
and I was apparently uh, quite late to do things, quite late to talk, quite late to tie my shoes, etc. I was quite content to just go with the flow uh, and have my big sister uh, take care of things. Um, and so before I was speaking, apparently, um, I loved scrawling little drawings. Um, and I would draw little stories about dinosaurs. And, and I've mentioned to you in the past, Laura, about archaeology, how I yes. had a real interest in archaeology as a kid. So I was always interested in dinosaurs and things like that. So before I could really write uh, or read or do things like that, I was um, scrolling these little stories. And uh, I think it was this sort of desire to get something out there before I knew quite how to do it. Um, so there were pages and pages of these little scrollings that I used to do. Um, and then I did, you know, get speaking, get writing, and I've been making up for it uh, ever since. I've just been cantering on. Um, and uh, it's brought me great pleasure um, over the years as a, a professional uh, thing you know string to my bow that I can um, do different things but also um, on a personal level being able to write and kind of process feelings a bit and um, how you're uh, um, yeah how you navigate through life and I've also had the honor of being able to speak a couple of times um, at uh, weddings and, and that sort of thing you know like as a best man or mm -hmm. um, so on and um, that has been a really important thing to do you know when I think about key things looking back on my life being able to uh, have that gift of an opportunity to say how I feel in that moment you know like an incredible moment for friends or family and being able to be part of that so um, yeah professionally personally um, spiritually as I'm sure we'll get on to discuss uh, writing has been a, a, an enormously uh, useful tool and, and one I'm so glad that was cultivated from from a young age. Uh -huh. um, so Poetry, we'll, we'll kind of now look at your poetry specifically um, because I've found whenever you've, um, whenever you've done reflections um, for, for Sanctuary First, it's been, it's been the, the poetry that's really like, stood out for me. And also I find your prayers also very poetic as well mm. whenever for, for worship. Um, and it's this what how you know what what's inspires you james whenever you know you come to, to write a poem well i think one of the things that's interesting about poetry for me anyway is if you compare it to um something like uh, art or as in, as in painting you know or pottery or you know something that's really tactile you might start um, with a colour, you know, you might think, oh, there's this colour that I really want to work with, or there might be a certain shape or form. And so I think for poetry, what people maybe don't always appreciate is that actually it can be, certainly for me, and I think for other writers, actually a sort of mechanical process, like there's a, a sound that you hear or a phrase, like quite often I'll start with um, something that's almost a pun, basically, you know, just, uh, or I've misheard a phrase or um, somebody said something and they put the wrong word in. And I think, oh, that's interesting. Like, why did they say that? And I love a near rhyme. Uh, I frustrate my wife sometimes because she really likes crisp rhymes that, you know, really fit. Um, and, uh, and I'm like, no, I prefer to slant, you know, which is where you take a sound that's fairly similar. And actually, the more it doesn't rhyme next to each other and that you make it rhyme, the bigger an achievement I feel you've made. So I really like forcing um, <laughs> slants sometimes. Um, and I think there is a pleasure in the sound of language. And for me, because a lot of the writing I've done, a lot of the poetry I've done has been for performance. Um, whether that's in uh, kind of um, festivals or art kind of situations or in church or as part of worship. Um, and so 
part of what makes the poems work or the prayers work. I think sometimes is that it's me reading them, you know, and I'm sure I'm able to uh, correct some of the mistakes in the syllables or uh, syntax or whatever through just, you know, sheer will of how I'm saying it. Um, and I think there is something about poetry and prayer which is voiced. Um, so even if you're reading a poem or a prayer, there's something I think that links to the, to the aural, you know, to the oral, to the sound um, in a way that when you read a novel or, you know, even other kind of, any other kind of text, you don't necessarily, I mean, I think on a biological level, we do tend to convert reading into sound, I think, in our brains. But I think the link is shorter with something like a poem or a prayer because it just feels like in its essence, it's a sound. Um, and so in terms of getting back, sorry, to your question about like what inspires me, I find it funny that it's often something quite indirect that inspires a poem or or a kind of creative spoken word piece. So rather than thinking, I want to write a poem about um, forgiveness, mm -hmm. you know, it may be that I'm thinking, you know, uh, about the word shriven, you know, that's, that's an old word for something being you know, blessed or, or set aside, you know, like mm -hmm. where Shrove Tuesday comes from. And shriven is just an odd word. It's an odd sound. It sounds a bit like shriveled, you know. And yeah. so I might just think about shriven, shriveled, shriv, you know, this is just off the top of my head, but like it's often actually quite playful, the process. And I think that where sometimes poems and prayers, and I'm sure I've done this in the past as well, but sometimes where they can go wrong is people get a little bit too worthy and, and think about the end results too soon. Mm -hmm. Whereas actually in the same way that a painter or a potter has to build up the picture and they might just scrap it, you know, they might start do a sketch of a building and then think, nope, that's not really what I want to do, but they've learned something through the process. And so in the same way, when I write the poem at the start will often be very different by the time it's got to the end, mm -hmm. but that's okay. You know, and, and I think until you've seen it written down and I'll read it out loud several times um, and until you get that sense of the sound of it, you won't really know, um, where you're going so yeah so, so I find it interesting that it's often actually later in the process that you start to tidy up perhaps the thinking or the theology or whatever you know you've written something and you think that sounds quirky but I don't think I agree with that anymore um, <laughs> and you have to do the more complicated work um, yes. but it, so often at the beginning it really is about sound for me and, and what words I love words and you know, the certain words you just love saying you know I'm sure I've got ticks words that I keep coming back to because um, they're just so enjoyable to use um, so yeah. uh -huh. I, I like I like what you were saying there James because it's it's like the the work doesn't just come you know it doesn't just arrive I think sometimes people think you know um, that the creative process you know it's inspired and oh yeah it's really, that's it you've got it and it's uh, oh yeah let's just write this all down but it can be really quite painful can't it you yes. know as well yes. it's like, and it is that it's like playing with things and you know like and and this yep need, no need to scrap that that doesn't work and all right oh and then it's like building it you know and then sometimes it does go off on a tangent completely doesn't it Mm. And it's it's not what was intended, you know, what you had first thought. It's like it's got a life of its own in a yes. way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's um uh Terry Pratchett, you know, the Discworld novels where he talks about uh his kind of comic novels about ide great ideas just floating through the universe and if you're in the right place at the right time one hits you. Um <laughs> but it could easily miss you and just land in a tortoise, you know. <laughs> so like a lot of the times being creative is just being in the right place at the right time, I think. 
um, and you scrabble about and then you find something and it does you know and again this is entering into the sort of spiritual element of it but I think sometimes it does feel like ideas are outside of you um, and actually you've you found something rather than made something um, and that is not always the case but in in particular in acts of worship I think sometimes you find yourself somewhere where you think well I didn't plan to get here um, and so you think well you know god <laughs> the holy spirit you know took me to this place i didn't find it on my own mm-hmm. yeah i find that actually quite often you think you look back on stuff that you've written and you're like where did i get that for that wasn't me <laughs> that was actually wasn't me oh he's pretty good what says oh it's me is it <laughs> so, do you find it? Um, do you find it that your 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 spirituality, your Christianity, does it merge with like all your work, or do you find that you know you you write separately? You know you keep aspects of yourself separate for well the different you know different occasions. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think there's a lot of overlap um and i would say that i think the best in terms of for me as a as a reader or, or a hearer of of poetry and, and art generally like i think a lot of the best stuff is in the kind of intersection where you think you know oh, this is good enough to be read in church and it's good enough to be read you know on a festival platform stage or, or something like that you know i think the best um stuff usually would fit in both contexts and that's not to say that you don't have different things you need to be aware of particularly if you're coming to worship you know there's a sense that if you are performing something and i don't think you need to be embarrassed about the fact that it's a performance you know you performance is part of can be part of worship um but you need to be mindful of certain you know concerns about you know well how are you leaving people and and, and where are you going with it so so i would say that there's different sensibilities and things that you need to be aware of particularly if something's being written or you know performed for, for worship not that we need to be like hugely sanctimonious about it but just like anything that you bring to public worship you know there's a certain mm-hmm. sensitivity to that um that you maybe wouldn't if you were just riffing on um something in, in, in a different context um but i think some of the most kind of profound spiritual stuff that i've heard has been outside of a church building or a church context or whatever and i think you can also do stuff that's quite interesting and funny and engaging in a church. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, you know, when I say in a church, don't just mean a building, but you know, in uh-huh. that, in that sorry, space of worship. Um, and so I think, I think for me, there's always a sense of overlap and in, in my uh, writing and I do some kind of um, script stuff and um, other types of um, genres of things as well as poetry. Uh, but I find myself returning to God and spirituality quite a lot. Um, whether or not it is a technically secular or not uh, experience. And in the same way, when I'm doing worship type stuff, I try and sometimes think, how can I bring in uh, language that's more relevant and everyday? And I think I've quite often like to uh, juxtapose things. And so, you know, if you're in one context, how can we slightly kind of uh, sort of play with that or play with expectations? Um, so I like the blurring. And in terms of my personal spirituality, I think that's, where it's at you know i think sometimes we have this sort of closed view of the world that like there's the world ticking over and then god or the holy spirit sometimes come into it (laughs) you know like when we're desperate or when we need them or something um whereas actually i think you know the spirit well i know you know the spirit is in everything and through everything and so i think the less we carve up life the better 
um, and the more that we see that it's one continuous um, existence, you know, the same God that we pray to when we can't sleep and we're worried is the God that, you know, makes the sunshine. Um, and so I think, um, yeah, it's a big, it's all a big miss, mix, <laughs> a, big, <laughs> a big clan jam free of whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then um, do you find then that times that, do you find that you have to, are you confident then in, in, in sharing your work in all settings or is there times that with your poetry if perhaps maybe it's you know maybe a bit more spiritual or maybe not as spiritual is there times where you feel that you have to be brave you know to share it or are you are you comfortable and confident at all times i think <laughs> i think i'm supremely confident at all times <laughs> <laughs> no of course not i mean i think poetry is like i think always quite a vulnerable thing to do it's one of the most vulnerable things that you can well I say that but I mean it's all sorts of vulnerable things you can do I guess but um in terms of uh the written word you know poetry is one of the most kind of vulnerable things isn't it because you don't have much else to fall back on you know you're, you're I heard I think it's the poet Simon Armitage talk about poetry being really concrete you know so other text flows on and off the page whereas poetry has been placed there <laughs> and so there's almost something quite kind of assertive about poetry like I'm here return i'm another line return you know so even on the page it's quite a kind of bullshit vulnerable thing to do and certainly out loud when you're talking and you're taking pauses and you're breathing and you're maybe rhyming and you know it is, it's a vulnerable place to be so so i would say i always feel a bit vulnerable um sharing poetry um and i think i think the experience of working with Saint first over the past few years has been great in terms of building confidence it's a great uh, network to be a part of and i think um, Albert's leadership and how we've experimented with doing things that do uh, cross those kind of borders I was talking about, like doing events um, where, you know, it's, it's something that is in some sense the communications in a more artsy kind of spoken word or, or gig kind of vibe, but then also sort of servicey and everything has kind of helped me to develop confidence and how do you take the best of both of those worlds and and bring them together um and uh he and yourself and everyone else sort of in the team are very encouraging there's quite a uh positive atmosphere for trying things which is great um and so i can say you know can i just sort of write a bit of a meditation about bread is that all right <laughs> and you guys are like yeah it's fine let's just do it and can jack maybe make some bread and i'll talk about yeah it'll be fine you know um and i think for art to work you do need to be open you know and you can't you can't you also have to accept that things don't work all the time and, and they won't always go or end up where you want them to um but i think being part of a community very much helps i think if i was um always on my own you know even in other sort of creative things to do you're often part of some kind of team or network and i think if i was just furrowing this little path all on my own um i would feel more vulnerable but i think the sense of community and the sense that you do get feedback from people um and uh there's a sense that you're um you know being heard and you can discuss things and um and everything stops that sense of feeling too out there um on a limb and i imagine that other artistic people and and preachers and and people doing sermons and stuff often find themselves in quite a vulnerable position um because you're doing one thing and you just keep going out there and, and so it's one of the things i value about 
sort of sanctuary first communities we have the sense that we often share work with one another and share ideas and talk about stuff um through the process and that kind of bit of perhaps proofing or bouncing ideas around because i think the best ideas uh, can stand up to that um whereas sometimes if you're doing something and you're like oh i don't know if i can share this or i want to then maybe that's an early sign that like no you maybe shouldn't share it <laughs> it's maybe not ready you know? uh-huh. so, a bit uh, rambly sorry but that's kind of oh no, that, that's brilliant that's brilliant um so how would you encourage people james um if they're you know they're, they're maybe they've maybe you know trying to write you know poetry quite regular um or that they feel that they want to and you know they're but they're feeling a bit nervous you know a bit shy about sharing as well you know how would what what, how would you encourage them what would you say to them encourage them well in terms of people who are interested as well from a faith perspective from a spiritual perspective of exploring uh, their faith um and everything then i would perhaps suggest that you start with a prayer um because asking you know someone to write a prayer doesn't seem as big as writing a poem but if you write a prayer and you think about what you want to say and then you break up with those little line breaks (laughs) then before you know it you've kind of got a poem you know and then you might sort of read it through again and think is there a sound I really like there? Is there a phrase I like there? Could I try repeating a certain phrase and going back to it? Um, Or um, there's also, and you know, I can have a think down the line, but there's often little creative exercises. You can do things like an acrostic, you know, where you have one word going down. So you have Jesus say, so you start one line, J-E-S-U-S and kind of little things like that can help you. Even if what you produce at the end isn't quite what you want, it can help you, get past that initial block. Um, and I, I remember coming across this book, I think it's um, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain, but where you had to practice drawing um, and you were given this illustration, complex illustration of a man and you were to try drawing it. And then um, you were to try again, you turned the picture upside down and so you drew it upside down. And the point of doing that was that you stopped seeing what you thought should be there and you started seeing what was actually there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things when you're drawing and I'm not, very arty or anything at all but you know having had a stab in the past at things like this is very hard when you see a leg not to be like i know what a leg looks like (laughs) and start drawing from your memory whereas actually what you actually see when you look across the room and draw someone's leg or their ear or whatever is actually really quite different you know how light hits it and the colors and my wife does some painting and stuff and she's got this beautiful painting she's done of this um, older guy uh, and there's like a little just fleck of purple in his cheek and you think well people don't have a fleck of purple necessarily in their cheek but it just so works and I think the same thing happens in language and we can get strung up by because words are obviously so redolent with meaning every word means so many different things you can get really caught with the right word and so I'd encourage people to just start writing you know use some we there's little things online like haikus you know so look up how to write a haiku and just give it a go and I certainly my poetry is often very scrappy and goes all over the place but it can be good to try try counting the syllables in a line or try different little um techniques even write a limerick you know like just try different things to get yourself going but but i say particularly for people who are thinking from a faith perspective um you might have an advantage because um prayer is something that we're kind of used to and i think god wants to hear us you know you have a willing audience and god no one else might want to hear your poetry at the moment but god does you know and i think um 
there's a lot of poetry i think which doesn't work in spiritual poetry that doesn't work because it's really rigid and it's stiff and it's people trying to tick all the right boxes and what you said in your intro laura about kind of feeling the sense of, i've got to get it right i've got to get everything down but i think let's not worry about that right now just just have a go at something, write down what you really feel, and then just sort of try moving things around. And, and I certainly write digitally quite a lot on the computer. And so it really is easy to move lines around um, and just try, just, just, just have a go and try different things. Oh, wonderful. Uh, that's it. Just, just getting the courage and just making a start. That's it. Just make a start. Just have a wee go. And it might be awful and it probably will be, you know, like I wrote so many more awful poems uh, than good poems, particularly as a teenager. I was just, I, just, I look back now and it's utterly atrocious, um, but you have to get through that. You know, you have to, you know, and your stuff might start a bit, you know, derivative or whatever, but that's all right. Just, you know, it's like sketching is doodling. Don't, you know, just because it, the final poem looks like a poem, it doesn't have to be a poem yet. It can just be notes. Um, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, fabulous. And now you, you've um, recently become a father and I was wondering, has that changed? Has becoming a father changed your poetry and how you write poetry or what you write about? Well, it's rather halted it at the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I got this um, uh, kind of blue journal, uh, this book, and the idea was it was going to be I would write down something every day about you know my daughter and uh, this new life. And it says on the front, uh, it was this notebook I picked up, something like I have no idea what I'm doing, um, and it's turned out to be completely empty <laughs> inside because I wrote it for like a few days. Then she was born. Then all this you know global pandemic stuff happened, um, and so I think it is a challenge. And I think before I had her, I was thinking like, oh, this will be, you know, there's lots of reasons to have a kid, not just to inspire your <laughs> poetry. But I was thinking like, oh, this will be really good, like new perspective on life and everything. Um, but so far, I mean, I've had to write, you know, wee bits and pieces for work and stuff. But I think I'm certainly, my experience of being a parent has been the sense that you're, I don't know, for me personally, just more your emotions are closer to the surface, you know, and th there's not a lot of middle ground and everything is quite intense. And, and so I'm sure that will be great, you know, for developing um, my writing and my maturity as a person as I, as I, as I go forward, this sense of um, being more, and I'm sure, you know, for various different people, that's not how, how it goes. But, but for me, certainly I'm feeling um, very, um, uh, yeah, emotionally, kind of there apparent you know um and so i'm hoping to to draw on that more and try different things and then hopefully you know she'll um uh, she'll just listen you know and she'll she'll give me her feedback soon enough i'm sure and uh, i can you know and be great to write more stuff with kids in mind as well you know um, uh -huh. so um yeah well we'll we'll have to see but at the moment um uh, I'll, I'm needing to get going again. So this this podcast series will help me, I'm sure, to uh, get my uh, get my pen sharpened. We don't oh. sharpen a pen, but <laughs> you sharpen a pencil. But I don't know. <laughs> but that can be an example, like I say, like a poem, like pen mightier than the sword, pen sharpen quill. You know, you start thinking. You often creative things start with a mistake, don't they? And you're like, could that be something? And it's probably not, but <laughs> sometimes it is. <laughs> I it's uh, it's um I uh, cause others uh, I I I've had it in my head that for quite a long time I've wanted to have either you know I would really like um an an album this was a mm. an album. Mm. and the title of it was going to be 
the immaculate misconception. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe oh, get that register, Gloria. Get that. <laughs> Buy the website. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, maybe maybe this could be what comes out. Uh, you know, <laughs> my journey. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be totally like um, what do you call it? Like uh, like a you know this like underground bootleg sort of uh, recording that comes out of the lockdown. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the the immaculate misconception that's fantastic. Uh, all fantastic. the things that we could, uh, and if I want to make it about, if I want to make it Christian, you know, it could be uh, all the things that you know we get wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have. <laughs> nobody then can say it with the theology's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, guys. It is what it is. I think that's fun though with titles like I used to I haven't done it for a while but I used to have this document and I would just write down titles in it because I, I feel like titles come to me and it, sometimes I've then turned it into something um because uh, there's something about like a title isn't it which is like laying a claim to something you know so even like the excitement when you said that like about the title you can tell there's something there you know there's some energy there and I think I think the mistake sometimes when we write as well is that we start with that blank page um, and if you can do anything, you can not start with that blank page, you know, start with when you take notes about stuff or um, remembering conversations you've had with friends or other things that inspire you go for a walk, whatever, just start with something and you don't have to stick with that in the end, but just, just start with something, put something in there. So if like a title pops into your head, just, just go with it. Just <laughs> think what fits that title. Um, and yeah, so brilliant. That's that. Have fun with it, isn't it? Yeah. I think we can get a wee bit too serious sometimes. Oh my goodness. Especially about our art, you know. Oh yes. Oh, <laughs> we yes. can get too serious about it and I think, you know, <laughs> I think it was important that we, we stay playful and we have yes. fun with it. And then then whenever, you know, we do make mistakes and with the times when it's not so good. <laughs> we don't beat ourselves up about it, you know, we can just be like, well, we we're just having fun with it. Just having yeah. fun. Absolutely. And that's how you get there. You know, I think in many ways, it's like um, with any craft or skill or, or so. I think sometimes because, again, things like music or poetry can feel quite, um, oh, well, I could sing a wee song or I could say a wee poem. You know, it doesn't feel like too big a step. And so we sometimes think, oh, how do we make that work? Whereas, you know, think about a pot you know like throwing some kind of pottery you couldn't just walk in and suddenly do that you know you'd have to smash a lot of pots you'd have to break a lot of things to get there so it's the same way with you know and I hugely admire people that can write the songs I was saying to you before Laura that I you know have a desire at some point to try cracking songwriting not in a musical sense but like in a lyrical sense because I think that's a real that's a huge gift you know and something that's really quite different you know I've tried before and I've not I've not been able to get the knack of it so it'd be great to to hear your thoughts about this you know if you're kind of in this world starting kind of a new approach to songwriting it'd be really interesting to uh, follow that with you to see how you um, yeah. build that up because I'm quite mystified you know I wouldn't know how to um, how to start doing that. Aye uh-huh I will that say I think next week I'm hoping I'm hoping that we have a, a songwriter um, with Brilliant. us um so uh that that we can we can both get some top tips from that <laughs> <laughs> pro tips, pro yeah. tips. That's it, that's it. Uh, so thank you so much for joining oh, thank you and i really hope that the the everybody listening at home you know that they're, they're feeling you know inspired 
um, and that's it. Even if they don't want to write poems right away, you know, at least if they've enjoyed the chat and have, you know, got a big smile on their face, you know, that's it. And, but they're maybe thinking about, well, what can I be doing? You know, what can I be Aye. doing? Just give it a go and it may be you know the same you know what I've sort of tried to say I think here is that poetry is a lot like other art forms and so I think a lot of the things that will come up in your conversations and um, has come up today is this idea of things being transferable so you know maybe poetry isn't your thing but what is you know it could be writing essays or it could be um, blogging or it could be uh, painting or it could be anything you know but like I would encourage you just to give it a go and apply the same ideas and yeah. yeah. What's the worst that can happen, right? <laughs> That's it. I know. I know. And so what we're going to have as well, so you'll be able to see um below um in the there's going to be a blog as well accompanying this. And in it we're going to have like wee activities, fun activities, not nothing too serious. So if you head over to that just now, James has put a wee a wee activity around poetry in there for you if you're wanting to give it a wee go and you can share it with us if you want but no pressure you can keep it to yourself <laughs> so it was great <laughs> for James to join us today so thank you James thank you so much Laura it's been such a delight to chat thank you fantastic could talk to you all day but I'm sure that I'm sure Lily will be wanting you back <laughs> yeah yeah I'm on duty now. So. <laughs> um, and so thank you everyone for listening to us today. It's been an absolute joy and I look forward to our next chat next week. Okay, so see you later. Bye. Bye.